Welcome back. This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today. Honored to be sitting in the chair. And it's always fun when Jackson White shows up to join us. Jackson, I know I don't like to tell your business, but you said you didn't get much sleep last night. So it should be a fun show. It should, it should be, very be a fun. fun show. It should be a fun <laughs> show anyway. But yeah, yeah. I, I literally don't know if I slept at all last night because sometimes it goes down like that. But I'll be okay. I'm going to get more yeah. rest tonight. And okay. I remember I got to do laundry. I always got to do laundry. Well, and, uh, I, I got to do something else, but I'm too tired. I forgot. So. <laughs> That's okay. Just focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And I don't want to know what kept you up all night. It's uh, your business. Uh, you share enough. <laughs> you share enough. <laughs> and we'll. Crazy. We'll remind people how to uh, reach you, yes. how to follow you, how to get your great, great content. Um, but let's launch right into it because when a comedian stops laughing, you might be in trouble. Jimmy Kimmel threatening to take Aaron Rodgers to court. You see what I mean when the laughter stops? According to Hollywood Reporter, Jimmy Kimmel has clapped back at Aaron Rodgers after the NFL quarterback suggested his name, Kimmel's, could be on a list of people connected to the late disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein. Well, those are fighting words, okay? I thought nothing was off limits when it comes to comedians, but apparently that is. During a recent appearance on the Pat McAfee show, the New York Jets player, is he playing these days? He said, there's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, who are really hoping the list doesn't come out. I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, I'll definitely will be popping some sort of bottle. Hollywood Reporter again with the details there. Nearly 200 names connected to Epstein, including associates, former employees of his and Ghislaine Maxwell, or people who had flown on his planes, reportedly could be released by a New York judge soon. So far, the names and court documents have only been known as John and Jane Doe's. Following Rogers' comments, Kimmel took to X, formerly known as Twitter, threatening to take Aaron Rodgers to court. Dear a-hole, that's what it said. For the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger, keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court, okay? That's what Jimmy Kimmel had to say. He took a little longer route to say, keep my name out your mouth, okay? Don't connect me with that guy. Roger's latest statements appear to be in response to a joke Kimmel made on his late night program last year after Rogers discussed the Epstein list and UFOs on a previous episode of the Pat McAfee show. Seems to be having a good time with it, but things perhaps got a little too personal, okay? And that's what it stemmed from. Today, McAfee opened his show by addressing the feud between Rogers and Kimmel and apologized for being, well, a part of it. In other words, leave me off the lawsuit, Jimmy. My pockets are deep, but not as deep as yours. That is what I interpret it to mean. He said, quote, I can understand why Jimmy got incredibly upset. Yeah, I definitely completely understand that especially with his position. But you know, also, I think Aaron is like, hey, this guy has said some stuff about me in his monologue. And he's just trying to talk, you know, blank. 
I don't think he meant anything else, but he's going to have to clarify that for us. So Pat McAfee doing that little walking that tightrope, I guess you could say, right? That little dance. I need this guy over here, okay? And I, I don't want this guy over there to sue me. So it's a lot of, well, what do you call that? Romance, shock sniff? This is a one apply to Kimmel. I don't know. Whatever the word is for it, Jackson, uh, we can pause if you want and, and hear your thoughts on it because this obviously rubbed Kimmel the wrong way and he wasn't gonna put up with it. Well, and, and, and in a few stories, we're gonna talk a little bit about some of other people's names who are gonna be on that list. But you know, at the end of the day, um, this is a pretty big deal. Jeffrey Epstein made a career um, out of being an international uh, pimp for underage girls. That's what he did. Um, you know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So that being said, you know, making accusations of someone's name being on that list is kind of a line that it, anyone, you know, who is thinking a little bit wouldn't cross. You know, there's a lot of things that you could say publicly. Um, you can get people riled up, you can get people mad, but when you make accusations, especially when it's something that serious, that can, you know, be under the, the line of defamation of character. And it can just bring people up in a bunch of discussion and drama that they don't need to be in. So it may be true that Jimmy may have thrown some shade or made some jokes, but you know, I think if you're if if you're gonna be a public figure, you gotta be media savvy, at least to the point where it's like maybe I shouldn't make accusations mm-hmm. to defame somebody's character. Um, just a good way to keep yourself out of trouble. Yeah, and you know what they say, um, leave the jokes to the comedians. You're not a comedian, not much of a football player right now. Is he still hurt? <laughs> but you don't want to kind of shift into that lane because Kimmel is an expert at it. Perhaps one of the best because he does it night after night. And um, Aaron Rodgers does not. He may just think he's funny and maybe has people around him who just want to be around him. So they laugh at all of his jokes. You ever know somebody like that? We have to give him the courtesy laugh. He could be that situation. I'm just guessing. Uh, but you mentioned Epstein Jackson. As we now know, he ended his life back in August 2019 while in jail as he awaited trial on sex trafficking charges. The Associated Press reported at the time he was accused of bringing several underage girls to his homes under the guise of giving him massages and then sexually abusing them. Ms. Lane Maxwell, Epstein's associate, former girlfriend, currently serving a 20 year prison sentence after being convicted December 2021 of helping Epstein recruit and sexually abuse underage girls. Maxwell remains the only person so far to face criminal charges in the unspeakable, really international operation. In other Epstein news, Atlanta Black Star reporter, former President Bill Clinton and Donald Trump are facing renewed scrutiny following old flight logs showing they both took frequent trips with a billionaire sex offender aboard his notorious private Lolita Express jet. That's what he called it, I guess. 118 page flight log obtained by Atlanta Black Star, which became public during the 2021 trial of Maxwell, circulated Monday on social media. That was a day before a New York court was due to unseal records revealing the names of 175 people with close ties to the deceased pedophile. December, US District Judge Loretta Presca determined there was no legal basis for continuing to withhold the names of individuals linked Epstein. And ordered the documents to be unsealed on New Year's Day. 
Attorneys for persons named in the documents were given the chance to examine the files before the release and present arguments to keep them confidential. Notably, Clinton's legal team raised no objections to the public disclosure that, according to Newsweek, behind the scenes involvement of two US presidents underscored the extent of Epstein's influence with some of the world's most rich and powerful people, despite his sleazy reputation. However, the flight logs do not indicate whether Trump or Clinton landed on Epstein's private island in the Caribbean that served as the base of his international sex trafficking ring. Clinton took at least nine trips on Epstein's private jet, major global destinations, Paris, Bangkok, Brunei. During his presidency, Clinton hosted Epstein at the White House at least 17 separate occasions. Despite his close friendship with Epstein, Clinton continues to deny any involvement with Epstein's sexual crimes. Targeting, of course, the young girls. Flight records show Trump took at least seven trips aboard the private jet between 1993 and 97 when he was a New York real estate developer. At the time, Trump and Epstein were seen as close associates as they were often seen together at public events. Soon to be released court documents, meanwhile, are widely expected to deliver a bombshell as Clinton, Trump, and other prominent names could be potentially exposed as participants in Epstein's double life. But that's speculation right now. Not clear if the documents would implicate the former presidents criminally, although there was growing speculation over whether Clinton would be identified as John Doe 36, who was mentioned more than 50 times in the 2015 civil lawsuit filed by Epstein accuser Virginia Guffrey. So a lot um, going on there. A lot of issues, okay? Now you got Jimmy Kimmel saying, don't you dare look at me. I'm not on a list and I didn't know this dead pedophile, okay? But there's others who seem to be acknowledging that they are gonna be on the list of names released, Jackson. Uh, Clinton's people are saying there's no, they don't even believe there's smoke there. I mean, if that's your friend, there's probably some smoke, something smoldering. But they're saying there's definitely no fire. Should people be afraid? Is it guilt by association when your dead friend happens to be an international sex trafficker? Or, well, you meet all kinds of people, even trash. Well, I mean, I think when it comes to somebody like a Bill Clinton or anybody in his caliber, you know, you got to consider a few things. One, obviously, he's very powerful. Um, but two, he's somewhat at the end of his life. You know what I'm saying? Like these people who are in their 70s and 80s, like from a perspective of what do they have to lose, it would be their reputation. It would be their legacy. It wouldn't necessarily be access to money or things like that. But, you know, Bill Clinton kind of already has a reputation of being a ladies man or however you want to put it. You know, you can put it however you'd like, but that's what his reputation is. So this isn't surprising to anybody. But, you know, 50 times, that's a lot of that's a lot of mentions. You know what yeah. I mean? But I guess that if if his if his defense team is saying that there's no fire there, really, I, I guess that just means they're prepared to win in court. Um, you know, so it, it, they, they're prepared for him to take whatever type of blow to his reputation, because, I mean, would it really blow his reputation more than it already is? I don't think so. I mean, maybe, but it's not as if the Clinton legacy is like so grand and, and super anyway. So. You know, I think people are weighing it like that. But 150 names, man, that's a lot of people. 
Mm. You know, and obviously, you know, there's victims involved in that. It's not like those are, um, you know, all people who uh, were accused. But still, it's like, what reason do any of these people have to be friends with Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. You know, is it because of his access to banks? No, these people are the elites. They can go get another banker. They, you know what I'm saying? Like they can just go and switch partners and go do stuff elsewhere. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's really that good of a look to be seen with Jeffrey Epstein multiple times. I mean, you know, everybody, know, even if a drug dealer don't get caught, everybody knows he's a drug dealer. Otherwise, he yeah. wouldn't make no money. You know, yeah. so. I think you make some strong points. Not a good look, uh, perhaps an understatement. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, who would you rather be seen with? Epstein, Suge Knight. Uh, Suge's not accused of sex trafficking, uh, but big reputation. I, I noticed though, when you mentioned the reputation of an ex-president, you you mentioned Bill Clinton, but I told you there was another guy, 45, who was also oh, yeah, Trump, said to yeah. me, and you didn't say anything about his reputation. I want to give you an opportunity <laughs> to do so. I mean, well, I, when it comes to Trump, I mean, like when it comes to his base and MAGA, they just won't believe it, you know. Like, so if if, he, if his name gets dropped, and they'll just be like, "Oh, of course that's not true." But I mean, you know, Donald Trump with the whole like a walk out on Fifth Ave and and do and do my thing, and nobody will leave me. That's shown to be true, especially for his MAGA base. But I mean, Trump's doesn't have a good reputation, really, with anybody. That's part of his brand, so. It sticks to them just like honey. Yeah. As you said, with anybody, I was trying to think, well, what about the one son? But you're probably right. When you have, you know, thrown fire in so many different directions, everybody's got burned. So we're going to see what happens. This list could be released imminently. So again, um, but back to Jimmy Kimmel. I suspect, because you know, that's what I enjoy doing. It's not. I'm not over here with conspiracy theories, but this is just the way my mind works. I suspect Jimmy put that that statement on X Twitter, but he probably <laughs> also had his powerhouse lawyers send a communication as well. Probably probably sent a threat, cease and desist, blah 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 blah. You know, lawyer talk. And so I'll give you the final word on that. What do you think? I mean, I think if Aaron Rodgers hushes up and doesn't say anything, then there's really not much of a case to be had. So I don't really suspect much to really come after this. I think Aaron will probably not say anything else because why get involved in a legal case like that? Um, and in a few days, ain't nobody going to talk about it. Maybe you're right. But he does have thin skin. We know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the late night, I wish Jimmy Kimmel would make a joke about me. It would mean I made it. Okay. But Aaron right, Rodgers exactly. has. Right, he's got thin skin. We'll keep following it. As we said, we'll report on the names and we'll let you know if anything seems to be attached to them. Republicans gloating about her downfall. Harvard president's resignation. House GOP conference chair, Representative Elise Stefanik. Taking credit for Harvard president Claudine Gay's recent resignation following scrutiny over her handling of anti-Semitism on the university's campus. She tweeted, I will always deliver results. Resignation of Harvard's anti-Semitic plagiarist president long overdue. Claudine Gay's morally bankrupt answers to my questions made history as the most viewed congressional testimony in the history of the US Congress. Her answers were absolutely pathetic and devoid of the moral leadership 
and academic integrity required of the president of Harvard. This is just the beginning of what will be the greatest scandal of any college or university in history. Our robust congressional investigation will continue to move forward to expose the rot in our most prestigious, in quotes, higher education institutions and deliver accountability to the American people. Boy, she said a lot there, the most ever go down in history. It almost sounded like when Trump, and I don't know, these her numbers could be right, said that you know his inauguration was the most watched and there was more people than anyone at any time, anywhere. That wasn't true, perhaps this is, okay? She wants credit for it, I think is the larger issue. She would also tweet, two down. Boy, this reminds me of playground. Harvard knows that this long overdue forced resignation of the anti-Semitic plagiarist president is just the beginning of what will be the greatest scandal of any college or university in history. We got it, okay? We understand how you're framing this. We understand you want full credit for this. We got it. And I suspect you'll continue to use, it has to all be married together, the phrase anti-Semitic plagiarist president. It's like, remember, radical Raphael Warnock. It's like they, they want this buzz to go and so you can't get it out of your mind. This is how she wants you to remember this, the marketing. Representative Ralph Norman would also gloat. She was a total disgrace to her profession. This should have happened weeks ago, but don't forget, Harvard's board defended her to this hilt and share the blame for the irreparable damage done to that university. Countless lessons here for everyone in academic leadership. How about congressional leadership? How about that? Okay, show a little bit of that, Rep Norman. Representative Andy Biggs would also add his two cents. This is the right move. Our university leaders have gone full on woke and harbor anti-Semitism on campuses. Many should step down. Notice how the net is being cast wider and wider. Many should step down, but only Ivy Leagues, I guess. To the surprise of no one, Jesse Waters would also join in. Let's see what profound statement he had to say. Harvard in December was kind of the breaking point. Okay. <laughs> and the trustees had heard enough and contemplated and reflected over the Christmas vacation. And it was time to eliminate her. Power. Mm-hmm. My other sources are saying this is about money. And Harvard's just like a hedge fund that happens to teach a few classes. <laughs> they have a $50 billion endowment, and she just lost them a billion dollars right. in 10 days. That's what you call a bad quarter. Harvard can lose its reputation, but they can't lose its money. Mm-hmm. DEI is a cancer, and we have to root it out through sunlight. And we have to expose it for what it is, and it's by discriminating against gender, race, even ideology. And we have to get back to what made America great, merit, and judging people on their actions. And Al Sharpton, a fraud who's defending a fraud, is out there saying that this woman was fired because she was a black woman who cracked the glass ceiling. She used someone else's head to crack it. <laughs> she stole half of her scholarly work. Eight out of the 17 published articles were plagiarized. And then Barack Obama, who actually saved a man from a plagiarism scandal, is lobbying to save another person from plagiarism. Why are black leaders in this country rallying around other disgraced 
black Americans just because they're black? It's an embarrassment. Is this like the OJ is innocent situation? It shouldn't be like this. We have to get back to what's worked for a 100 years in this country, judging people on what they produce. And she's produced nothing. She's produced a loss of a billion dollars. And I'm sorry, Harvard actually did the right thing. Yeah. They told everybody that it's really about merit and not about skin color. And now Jesse Jr. will be applying early decision. Where do we begin? Jesse asked, and you know, someone doesn't necessarily even, he hasn't a clue what he just said. You can't debate someone who has, you notice how you had to keep coming back to the prompter? You had to keep, I don't have a prompter. I do look around. I don't have a prompter. Jesse does. And someone in their basement who's writing the copy for him penned all that. And he asked this question When will black leaders stop supporting? Really, what he's saying is black bad behavior, OJ. Barack, he was referring to Deval Patrick and something or another, and that, whatever. Okay, now, now Obama's not smart and, you know, he had to steal somebody's work. Well, when will white leaders stop supporting a guy who grabs them in the, who? 91 felonies. Right. <laughs> How many indictments is it, Jesse? Four. When will white people stop? Do you know how ignorant that sounds? Will you please stop it. And if you want to talk about what Claudine Gay cost, that's a lot of money. Perhaps he's right. It costs Harvard a lot of money, right? A half a billion dollars. It's still less than Fox had to pay out on Tucker and them's lies. That's a bad quarter, Jesse. It's a very bad quarter. Okay. Not a good look, okay? Jesse Jr., I don't know if he'll be early decision there, but I know he probably wants to get out of the house as soon as possible, okay? Wouldn't you? We're gonna give you more. For her right wing critics, Dr. Gay, who's black, represents much of what they loathe about modern American higher education, which they view as being dominated by left wing ideology that places a greater emphasis on ethnic and gender diversity than on academic rigor. It was a thinly veiled exercise in race and gender when they selected Claudine Gay. An exercise, wow. Republican presidential candidate Vivek Vivek Ramaswamy, Harvard grad, wrote on social media after she announced her resignation. Vivek, BBC News. Plagiarism allegations that led to Dr. Gay's resignation were surfaced by Christopher Rufo, a right wing activist best known for the cultural battle over alleged teaching of critical race theory in the US schools. I'm sure this is a coincidence. He did some research and happened to be looking some things up. It's not coordinate or anything, right? In a December social media post, Mr. Rufo laid out what is a now familiar strategy for conservatives seeking to generate coverage of stories they believe the mainstream media are ignoring. And look at you falling for it every time, hook, line, and stinker. We launched the Claudine Gay plagiarism story from the right, Mr. Rufo wrote. Next step is to smuggle it into the media apparatus of the left, legitimizing the narrative to center left actors who have the power to topple her, then squeeze. Mr. Rufo's efforts were amplified by media outlets that included the New York Post and the Washington Free Beacon, which on Monday published details of a new anonymous complaint 
filed with Harvard that included additional evidence of alleged plagiarism in Dr. Gay's published work. You see, it's a playbook, folks. It's a very simple playbook, okay? It's been around for a long time. It's not complicated. Belichick doesn't have to spy on anyone. It's very common knowledge, this will work. It usually works with those who are lazy in the media because they just lift whatever's there, put pictures to it and make deadline and say, can I go home now? I'm just telling you how it works too often. You fell for it. Guess what? People's point of view or focus actually does matter sometimes. You might want to dig into all of it before you just run with something. He's playing the playbook out here. Current Harvard controversy reaches culmination with Dr. Gay's resignation, but the larger conservative effort to undermine, ultimately supplant liberal dominated institutions of higher education continues. Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, a current Republican presidential candidate, replaced the leadership of the new College of Florida, canceling its diversity and inclusion programs, firing faculty members, and putting right wing activists, including Mr. Rufo, on its board of trustees. Only the best people. His goal in part is to offer a conservative counterpoint to the modern liberal arts college. Donald Trump is part of his agenda 47 plan for a second term in office has called for changes in how US universities are accredited to emphasize defending the American tradition and Western civilization. He has also pledged to end equity programs, force universities to reduce overhead cost and tax the endowments of schools that do not comply. I don't know who I'm more frustrated at, Jackson. You have Gay who gave a really goofball answer, but she wasn't prepared. It was very robotic and just dippy, okay? Can't you see what's going on here? It's a political football and you're, you're just a it's dog and pony show. And then you have the right who's up to devilish, real downright devilish politics of destruction. And then giving us the playbook. And then you have the mainstream media who really greased the wheels, facilitated all of it. I'm going to turn it over to you for once, okay? I, I'll just laugh at Jesse Waters because he's just like, he's too stupid to get mad at. Like he's yeah. just, his new name is Dumb Handsome Hairspray. <laughs> that's like the only thing that's required of him for his yeah. job. Just be dumb, look at the camera, be handsome, get seven hours of sleep so you're not looking too crazy mm-hmm. and use the hairspray that we give you. And that's all you got to do to make, mm-hmm. you know, like probably $15 million a year. I don't know how much money he makes. But see, look, there you go. See, he's a decent looking guy. Just be dumb and look at the camera. <laughs> that's all he has to do. <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, it's just it's just funny how blown up this Claudine Gay story is from a sense of like uh, Elise Stefanik, like this is gonna be the largest scandal in US history. Like that's a pretty big claim. Like I'm sure there's other larger claims. Jim Jordan's in Congress right now. There was, you know, that whole scandal going on with the wrestling team. And I don't remember what the dude's name was, but that, that like he was a physical therapist or something. And he like hundreds of people he molested or something like that. You know, I, I would say that that's a bigger deal than Claudine Gay saying some words that are deemed anti-Semitic by some people and whatever she did in her papers. Like, the, ultimately, this is a story that really only 
people who are more mm-hmm. in tune with the what's happening of the country and politics and news or really even know about. So like yeah. for Elise Stefanik to be like, oh, this is the largest scandal in U.S. history. Like, oh, come on. Like, but again, all that to say Republicans ain't got nothing. They ain't never had nothing. They've been singing the same tune for decades. They're not focused on policy. Their culture wars are ridiculous. And then they're going with the man who, as we pointed out before, got four indictments, 91 felonies, and he's just not in a good position. He's just really not in a good spot. So, I mean, they got to have something else to whine and complain about. But ultimately, the most important takeaway from this story is Jesse Waters' new nickname, Dumb, handsome hairspray. That's what it is. <laughs> I feel like it's getting higher, the hair over the years. I don't know if we have that picture to put back up because he's going with the more gumby look. I'm proud yeah. of Beach Rays. You, um, well, you overplayed your hand on the 15 million. I looked it up and it says 12. He's oh, well, 12 per year. Okay, okay? okay well, 12, 12 million a year to be an idiot on is uh, that's yeah. a pretty good deal. You know, he, yeah. he, he figured something out. Yeah, and the only price is your dignity and you have to stay in the bubble. But other than that, you are filthy, stinking rich. So there's that. But you're yeah. right about Stefanik. Oh, this is the world's greatest thing. Hey, mountaintop. Oh, both teams played hard. And this, you know, at the end of the day, you told us Hunter Biden's laptop was the biggest scandal in history. Yeah. Before that, it was Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't, you know, it doesn't live up to the hype. What Fast and Furious movie are they up to? That one, I think it is this one. This current one lives up to the hype, okay? This proclamation, this dirty, nasty, stinking playbook, it doesn't live up to the hype. We've seen this before. And yes, you've promised there will be more and seen. Okay, I just hope that this reaches the mainstream media and they can understand what's really going on here, okay? They're being very transparent with it. This is indisputable. Jackson White is back with us today. Honored to have him here as our special guest co-host after a night being up all night. Yes. Okay, that's so it's a special thing that you joined us, Jackson, and are offering your stellar commentary. Um, perhaps you don't need the sleep. Some people don't, you said. <laughs> Much more indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We'll be right back. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life.
Karen goes berserk, hurls threats at Atlanta airport. This Atlanta boo, <laughs> unbothered. But you sure did show out. You sure did show out. The Karen was blasting Delta Airlines employees, slamming her bag on the counter, calling names because her flight to Rochester, New York was delayed. And this occurred at Hartsville Jackson, Atlanta International Airport, specifically gate B14. You see the Delta employees, well, sisters there. They're just, you say so, you're not gonna get to Rochester on time, okay? Keep keep going with it, you hear me? But did you notice, Jackson, even here in, in Atlanta, in that famed airport, once the world's busiest, cop showed up and had the same demeanor, slightly unbothered as she's still going on and on and on. Nobody got pepper sprayed. No one got tased, taken to the ground, knee on the back or whatever. No reinforcement showed up to deal with this loud parent. I wonder what you make of that. Well, being a woman usually, being a black man is usually what gets people in trouble for stuff like that. Being a woman can typically stop it in terms mm. of police police beating on you and stuff like that. But it's usually in terms of the issues for stuff like that, we usually see it with black men. But okay, um, can you pause there just for a moment? I need to tell the team something. Can you pull up the video of all the black women who got a knee to the back and were tased? Okay, go ahead, Jackson. Wait. Well, not to say that that doesn't happen. I'm just saying typically in terms of like what would be threatening to like a, a male police officer, it's probably not gonna be a little white woman. But honestly, I wasn't. My commentary was more so on the side of like people not being bothered because what it, what's your screaming really gonna do? Like if the plane is delayed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what what? Sometimes you just gotta take an L. And this is just another example of you know somebody who just doesn't want to back down because of their pride. Like you could have just sat down, been went and pouted somewhere else. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Get but a like, cocktail. Yeah, like go had a drink, gone and done something. But no matter how much you yell and scream, get the manager. Like, it, you know what? Do you want to? What? What if it was delayed because there's a, like technical difficulties on the plane? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, what you want to be in a broken plane? Like, mm. you know, is it, 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 even even super rich wealthy people their flights get delayed too? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it just is what it is. Sometimes you want to be safe and take it from me. I've watched every episode of Air Disasters. You don't want to push it. When they tell you they're doing something with the plane, just wait. Just wait. Right. Uh -huh. We're, I mean, they even have soul food at Atlanta Airport. What are you? Right, that big old Rochester. gigantic airport, right? like she ain't got nothing to do. Rochester, Atlanta. Atlanta, Rochester. <laughs> uh, I, I don't get it. Um, but I don't get this either. A clerk ordered to pay $260,000 for what'd she do? Oh, that's a familiar face. She denied gay marriage license. Damn, I hope it's worth it. Former Rowan County, Kentucky clerk Kim Davis, the Pentecostal evangelical Christian, who made international headlines in 2015, has now been ordered to pay a total of more than $360,000 after refusing to issue a marriage license to a local same sex couple that year, ignoring. The US Supreme Court's ruling in support of marriage equality. All you had to do was listen. That's all you had to do. Davis, who once told supporters she is a quote, soldier for Christ, was ordered 
a US district judge, David L. Bunning on Tuesday to pay attorneys of the couple $260,104 in fees and expenses. The Lexington Herald leader reports previously was ordered by a jury to pay the couple, David Ermold, David Moore, a total of 100,000 in damages. In March of 2022, a federal judge found Davis had violated the couple's constitutional rights, reporting from the new civil rights movement. While the elected county clerk Davis was jailed for several days after defying a court order to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples, citing her personal religious beliefs, she had claimed she issued marriage licenses under quote God's authority and refused. Davis lost her re-election race in 2018 to Democrat. The question is simple, did Davis knowingly violate the law? The answer here is clear, yes, Judge Bunning wrote in 2022. Ultimately, this court determination is simple. Davis cannot use her own constitutional rights as a shield to violate the constitutional rights of others while performing her duties as an elected official. Several couples sued Davis who lost but appealed to the US Supreme Court, which refused to take her case. But in comes, drum roll please, he's sometimes on a borrowed yacht, (laughs) sometimes found in a private plane. He also doesn't own and didn't pay for. Clarence Thomas, the justice now embattled in a series of serious ethics scandals, used the opportunity to attack the 2015 Obergfell ruling, which found the US Constitution provides same sex couples with the same rights and responsibilities to marriage as different sex couples. Just, I don't know what is it about this picture, but I just, and he just yeah, that picture gets me, me too. It, it it's yeah, not looking at me that way for real. It looked like he didn't want this picture to get out. Like this exactly. was his least favorite one of the batch. <laughs> something else, boy, he's something else. Thomas claimed Davis may have been one of the first victims of this court's cavalier treatment of religion and its Obergefell decision. But she will not be the last. Due to Obergefell, those with sincerely held religious beliefs concerning marriage will find it increasingly difficult to participate in society without running afoul of Obergefell and its effect on other anti-discrimination laws. Thomas wrote in 2020, five years after the decision, which did not produce the effect he claimed. I wonder Jackson, he's in an interracial marriage, God bless him. Love is love. I don't care about that. Not a smirk. I don't need to see that picture again. But if someone would have said, no, not going to give you the license because my Pentecostal Lord, and the, I'm no you know, scholar when it comes to the Bible, but I'm assure you, it doesn't say all these things. Can't possibly say all these things. Okay. And if someone needs to correct me, do so. But I want you to. Well, I would not say unlike Claudia Gay. <laughs> I want you to give me the actual cite the note, okay? I want to know exactly where you found it that says, no, can't do that. My beliefs, the Bible. Well, look, at the end of the day, uh, this woman got this fat fine, this $260,000 fine, not because she was a warrior for God, which is a very, very robust claim. But because of her pride and her arrogance, that's the only reason she got this pride. She could have backed down. She could have not gone with it, but she had to win, but she lost. You know, sometimes there's battles that you can't win. You got to recognize that. But even more so, you know, as you were pointing out, you know, the Bible and she's, you know, she's specifically Christian. 
it's not one book, it's many books. And it's many books written from many different kinds of people in different time periods. And there's a lot of different things in those many books that can be interpreted in different ways. Some of uh, what's written in those books are laws from old churches, old, old countries. So it's like, in some ways, the Bible is historical references, not that everything in it is true, but it speaks about the time period. Mm-hmm. All of that to say there's so much happening in the Bible that you can't just be like, oh, I, you know, the, the Bible says you can't do this with gay marriage. The Bible also says you can't have tattoos. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of stuff in there that you can decide to follow or not. But the moral of the story is uh, she got this fine because of her pride, you know? Yeah, That's you're it. right. People want to put a lot of things on the Bible. Might say you shouldn't be texting the president's chief of staff. <laughs> During an insurrection, it might be telling your wife that, but you did it anyway. Okay. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm telling you it happened. Ask Clarence Thomas. Um, <laughs> this is indisputable. Jackson White, our guest co host today, honored to be with him, honored to sit in the chair for Dr. Richie. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. Let's get right to some of your comments. A lot, lot to say about the clerk. Who's been ordered to pay two hundred sixty thousand denying gay marriage license? You said she's committed to it. Tyt member, I am sock says, uh, get Kim <laughs> Davis. God's not going to pay your damages. And I, yeah, if you're looking to the Lord to bail you out of this one, it's probably not going to work. Mo Fury, soldier for Christ. That phrase has always confounded me. Why would the son? Of the dude that created all things need our military help with anything. I think you're right, Mo. You're right. YouTube, about that Karen who went berserk, hurling threats at Atlanta Airport. Uh, me, 2022. Delta, this is spirit behavior. When we had a story the other day, Spirit Airlines, you know, lost a six year old boy and then didn't even offer the ticket money back to the grandmother, but that's another story. You're right. Delta doesn't usually have these issues, but People are going to do what they're going to do. Uh, one more for you. Thank you very much, Shade Dragon. We appreciate your support. Clerk to pay 260K. She just mad she overplucked in the 90s. Those eyebrows don't come back. And you are right about that. I didn't quite notice that. I'm going to look in the next break and see if I can see what you see. But the eyebrows don't come back. You don't want to overpluck. You don't want to do that. And I heard that threading can be an issue too, if you're into that sort of thing. All right, uh, we do have an update for you on a very disturbing story. Niani Finlayson's police body cam footage uh, release. We do want to warn you about this one because it's just devastating. Um, so turn away if you can't watch or take it in if you feel compelled. They're in the back room if they're not answering. Yep. Hold on, hold on. Hey, come out, come out. Yeah, I'm gonna stab him because he's hey. Go, 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 go. Give me a taser. Come on, Get him off me. Get him off me. Get him off me. Get him off me. 
We watched the woman's life then. Spill in some of the details for you per Atlanta Black Star. Newly released body cam footage shows the moment when an LA County Sheriff's deputy opened fire on 27 year old Niani Finlayson. It was in front of her nine year old child, responding to a domestic violence dispute. Sheriff's deputy released an incident briefing of the December 4th shooting to the public last week, which included the 911 audio of the 27 year old mother requesting police come to her Lancaster, California apartment because her boyfriend would not leave. Hello, I need the police here. This man, he won't get out of my house now. And I already told him to get out of my house, Finlinson told the 911 dispatcher. Ma'am, stop yelling, dispatcher replied. So who is he to you? Finlinson gives the dispatcher the man's name, but starts screaming on the phone while the dispatcher asks who he is to her. Get your A off of me, she yelled. Get your A off of me now. I need the police here right now because he won't get his hands off of me. Three deputies, as you saw, responded to the scene, heard a commotion inside the apartment. The sheriff's office claims Finlayson opened the door with a kitchen knife in her hand, saying she was about to stab him. Deputies ordered her to put it down. Body cam footage shows the deputies entering the apartment into the living room while her daughter accuses the man of hitting her. One of them identified as Ty Shelton and fired shots within seconds as Finlayson approached her boyfriend. Finlayson was struck four times as her daughter watched in the same room. Imagine the horror, it will never leave. Officials noted the deputy initially asked his colleague for the taser, but pulled out his gun when he saw Finlayson with the knife while holding her boyfriend's hand following the shooting. Boyfriend could be heard saying, why did you shoot? The moments immediately after the shooting are unclear because the video was cut off. Finlayson was transferred to a local hospital where she was pronounced dead. Her boyfriend taken into custody and charged with assault on a peace officer and child abuse. It was released amid the ongoing investigation. The sheriff's department telling ABC News deputy involved was removed pending an incident review. As reported by NBC4 News, LASD Sheriff Robert Luna said the department released the video before they were legally required to in an effort to show their commitment to transparency. I hate for somebody to tell me how great they are. Stop telling us how great you are. Because you're only gonna do what you legally have to, Sheriff. It's disgusting. Last month, Finlayson's family filed a $30 million lawsuit against Los Angeles County and the Sheriff's Department. During a recent press conference, her daughter, Xasia, said she handed her mother a knife because the boyfriend was harming them. I was there, I know the truth about everything, the nine-year-old said. He was hurting my mother and me. I didn't have any choice but to get something sharp. She's gotta keep telling herself that, Jackson. I believe it's the truth out of the mouth of babe. I believe. The nine-year-old has more credibility than some other people here. Here's my, I, I've never been in uniform, okay? I feel like I have to say that I don't have the training. And thank God, some might say. But if you can pause after the door opens, I saw the female in uniform look back, hand the yellow 
taser to the shooter, the male in uniform. That tells me that you're slightly unbothered. You don't see imminent threat, right? Was that would is that what you would do, Jackson? Would you turn and would you not face the threat, right? Even for a split second, that costs you your life. If you perceive an imminent threat here, I don't understand this. This put them down like dogs is what it feels like when there's. I mean, we've had it on this show, Jackson. I'm gonna give you the floor, but we've had it on this show where a white assailant had just done the unthinkable. I believe it was to her husband. The deputies waited in a hallway and they talked her down. You're gonna be all right. Gonna be all right. From the 911 call, they already knew she was reportedly the victim here of domestic violence. You make it make sense, please, Jackson. I mean, really, what I just saw is somebody freak out who didn't know what the hell they were doing. I mean, that that's that's really what it seemed like. I, I that's all I saw. I mean, as you pointed out, the the female officer, um, she handed the taser back because she had assessed, like, okay, we can handle this. There's a knife. There's two officers in here. But the dude, like, he just moved like he was just like, ah, and just freaked out and just started shooting, which is a massive problem. And it says so much to, again, yes, there's huge racial issues. But a lot of these people just like, what type of training do they go through, if any at all? Like, to freak out like that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's it's different. And it's not, it, obviously, it's clearly unacceptable. But, but it's different if you kind of like, purposefully, callously go out of your way to harm mm-hmm. somebody, because mm-hmm. then it's like you wanted to do it. But then there's these situations where people are just like, ah, I don't know what to do. Ah, boom, 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 yeah. boom, and they just start shooting like that. That why that to has to be. Yeah, exactly. Why go to the academy? And also, I think it's just a gaping hole in law enforcement itself. That needs to be like in order for people to have just more reassurance, you know, like we need to be able to look into how people are actually being trained. And again, that's not the the whole problem, but it is a huge problem. And I think that we just saw um, a perfect example of that. Like like you're the one who we're supposed to trust and you are the one who doesn't know what the hell you're doing. And you got a gun and she got a knife. Like what was really about to happen? I need to know more about what's going on inside. They had a 911 call. Perhaps they said, oh, there's a lot of commotion in there and it's imminent threat. We got to kick the door down. But I would try to look in a window. I want to make sure I'm okay. They're okay. Whatever. It's second guessing. But I just think this 27-year-old mom should be alive. Six-year-old girl killed by a speeding driver. And then add insult injury. Okay, the perp insults the victim to cops. Integrity. Andrew Everett, a North Carolina man, struck and killed a six-year-old girl while speeding past her house. Everett was charged with involuntary manslaughter, reckless driving, speeding for the December 29th crash. The victim, six-year-old Jocelyn Perez Hernandez. Hernandez's family said she was playing near the sidewalk in front of her home in Cary. Just before noon, when the vehicle struck her, a newly released search warrant from cops revealed Everett had marijuana, drug paraphernalia in his car, was driving up to 15 miles over the speed limit. According to the warrant, Everett said, I'm not sure why this investigation is taking more than five minutes. It wasn't my fault. No one was watching her, and she jumped out in front of me. That 
He then said the R word. That R word. It's unclear if the little girl was disabled. Daily Mail with the disturbing language, the details. I'd be pretty distraught if, if it was a complete accident. Is that how you talk after you just end the life of a six-year-old? Images show the crash. Blue Honda Fit Police said Everett was driving at the time of the accident. Vehicle was seen with damage to the right front side and a cracked windshield. Everett claimed the child jumped out in front of him. But police noted a lack of skid marks on the road, suggesting he did not even try to brake. So she's gone. And this is what you're doing in short proximity to the time of the accident. She's now a superhero who left in front of the vehicle, killing herself. Really? Police said Everett showed a lack of remorse, had a delayed reaction to the crash, and was impatient during the investigation. Six-year-old was taken to Wake Med Carey Hospital with brain and spine injuries, but passed shortly after. Everett's being held in the Wake County Jail under a $26,000 bond. His next court date is scheduled for January 22, Jackson. Even horrific accidents can happen to anyone. Sometimes there is no fault. A lot of times there is. In either scenario, can you imagine behaving like that? No, I mean, he he strikes me as somebody that if he didn't do this, he would eventually end up in prison for probably something similar. Um, I mean, to, to say that reveals he ain't got nothing to live for. Um, he's not pursuing anything. He probably doesn't think very highly of his own life whatsoever. So, I mean, if you can be that callous about running over a six-year-old, again, I think that he's headed where he inevitably would have been sooner, much sooner than later. Um, You know, there are definitely people out there that, you know, they need to be in prison, and he's one of them. Uh, Very heartbreaking story. I mean, she was too young to even have started her life at all. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's going where he should be. Can't imagine being that little girl's mother. I can't imagine it. And within seconds, this is what you're saying. Calling her the R word. Who uses that anymore? Well, there are a few people. And they mostly are on the right. And then saying she leapt in front of the vehicle, killing herself. I would have more respect and the bar is very low at this point. More respect if you just didn't say anything and said, just look distraught, have sense enough to look distraught and say, I, I think I need to speak to a lawyer. To me, that sounds callous, but not as callous now that we know the details of this. I'll give you the last word, Jack. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely everything about how he handled it is going to be really easy for the jury to make a decision about his character and who he is. Um, you know, like you said, if 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 it if it really was an accident, then you would think you'd be distraught about it. But uh this guy's disgusting. Uh yeah. he's really a low life. Like he sized this child up just like that, as much as the fatal accident happened in a split second and said she's not worth it. She's not even worth it. Why mm-hmm. is this taking so long? Get me out of here. Go away. So you can be judged now. We'll see 
if the jury takes any time to deliberate or if they, you know, just decide, eh, you're out of here. Much more indisputable when we come right back. Welcome back to Indisputable, Sharon Reed alongside Jackson White. We are filling in for Dr. Richie today, honored to be here and appreciate um, your comments. A lot of you weighing in. The update on Niani Finlayson's police body cam footage released, disturbing to see. Librio says, YouTube, she's in the middle of a dire situation and they want her to stop screaming. Domestic violence. Lynn says, why didn't he use the taser he was handed? Again, you asked for it, you turned over to you, turned our attention away from the perps. This is what happens, TYT member Lynn, you make an excellent point and ask an obvious question. One more for you about the little six-year-old hit by the vehicle, suddenly gone. And the lack of remorse that the driver showed. Donald James X says, someone who doesn't care about nothing is suspect to me. It's like Jackson said, morally bankrupt, nothing to live for. Appreciate your comments, appreciate you sticking with us, engaging. Uh, let's bring you this one now. We told you about the idol producer sued for preying on Paula Abdul. That was the allegation. Now there's others who are stepping forward. Paula Abdul is accused former American idol producer Nigel Lithgow of sexually assaulting her in the early 2000s when she was a judge on the reality competition show, according to a new lawsuit. Lawsuit filed Friday in Los Angeles accuses Lithgow of sexually assaulting Abdul after she left American Idol and became a judge on Lithgow's other competition show. So you think he can dance. The lawsuit states Abdul remained silent for years about the alleged assaults out of fear of retaliation by one of the most well-known producers of television competition shows, AP with the reporting. According to the lawsuit, the first sexual assault occurred while Abdul and Lithgow were on the road filming auditions for an earlier season of American Idol, which premiered in 2002. Abdul says Lithgow groped her in the elevator of their hotel after a day of filming and began shoving his tongue down her throat. Abdul pushed him away and ran to her hotel room when the elevator doors opened. In tears, Abdul quickly called one of her representatives to inform them of the assault. Lawsuit says, but ultimately decided not to take action for fear that Lithgow would have her fired from American Idol. He would. That is my opinion. 2015, Abdul became a judge on So You Think You Can Dance, appearing alongside Lithgow. Around the time, Abdul alleged in the lawsuit Lithgow forced himself on top of her during a dinner at his home, tried to kiss her. Abdul said she again pushed Lithgow away, immediately left. Abdul left the reality show after two seasons. She has not worked with Lithgow since. I, I'm reading the body language in this promo picture, and, just, and I'm not an expert, but I still know what I see. Lawsuit also accuses Lithgow of taunting Abdul about the alleged assault, saying to her years later that, quote, they should celebrate because the statute of limitations had run. Abdul filed the lawsuit days before the December 31st deadline of a California law that opened a one-year window for victims to file lawsuits involving sexual abuse claims after the statute of limitation has run out. 
Lithgow denies the accusation. Lithgow said in a statement that he was shocked and saddened to hear of the allegations made by Abdul, who he said he considered a dear and entirely platonic friend. That's what women do. We just, we just pick somebody out of a lineup and say, I'm gonna make up a story about you. And I'm gonna put really salacious details in it. While Paula's history of erratic behavior is well known, this is another old playbook, right? This is, you know what's going on here, right? I don't have to tell you. I can't pretend to understand exactly why she would file a lawsuit that she must know is untrue, Lithgow said in the statement. But I can promise that I will fight this appalling smear with everything I have. Well, now you're going to fight it against Paul and some other people because they're now coming forward. I wonder if you're going to use the same playbook here too. Are they all nuts? And isn't that what you do? You got to muddy them up, right? Erratic behavior. Well, let's see. Other accusers have come forward. On the heels of Paul Abdul's lawsuit, veteran TV producer Nigel Lithgow, Lithgow finds himself facing a second lawsuit, claiming he sexually assaulted and harassed two contestants 20 years ago on a reality competition show. Both women were contestants on the show All American Girl, which aired for one season back in 2003. And Lithgow was a producer on the program. According to the docs obtained by TMZ, the women allege he would repeatedly show up on set and in dressing rooms when they were wearing dance costumes and openly swatted and groped their butts. In the suit, which the plaintiffs are filing is Jane Doe's. They say production hosted a party to celebrate the end of filming. But at the end of the party, they claim Lithgow insisted one of the women ride with him back to the studio where everyone else on the cast was going. Second plaintiff insisted on going with them to protect her fellow contestant, but they allege Lithgow drove them back to his home where he made sexual advances on both of them. In the suit, they allege he lifted up the sweater she was wearing and quote, engulfed one of the women while trying to kiss her and she immediately rejected him. Other plaintiff claims he got aggressive with her by pushing her against a grand piano and forcing his mouth and tongue on her, all of which she protested. The women are suing Lithgow and an unnamed production company for sexual assault and battery, sexual harassment, intentional infliction of emotional distress and negligence. As TMZ said, they filed anonymously and the suit only identifies the defendant as John Rowe NL. And the show is AAG. TMZ has confirmed through sources with knowledge they are referring to Nigel Lithgow, an all American girl. I'm so tired of this, Jackson. I don't know women who haven't experienced some of this, including while I'm looking at her. It's me. Hello. And I had a powerful man in television, my first job. I could have written this lawsuit. Summoned me to his office, stick his tongue down my throat. Didn't ask for it, okay? With your thin lips. I didn't ask for any of it. You're disgusting, okay? (laughs) I think he does some kind of appearance somewhere here and there. And he also paid out a lot of money. It's why I knew some of the allegations were true as soon as I heard it, because I know him, okay? (laughs) Yeah, we'll do it live. I wanna know how you react to this one. I wanna know how you react to this. I mean, just uh, uh, another guy who ain't got it, who wish he did. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, I mean, that's all it is. Cause like, 
you know, stuff like this obviously goes in the power. Play. I'm sorry, I told y'all I didn't sleep. But, you know, a lot of this goes in the power plays because if it was just about sex, you can just go pay for it, especially uh, for somebody in a position like him. You know, you can just go legally uh, buy it um, or legally or illegally. It doesn't matter. I'm so glad you said that. Um, yeah. But again, like it's kind of more. You know, we, we fantasize about the things that we want, especially sexually. And so, you know, a lot of people can have a difficult time keeping those uh, desires in their minds and they have to go for it. And, um, you know, so obviously that doesn't make it OK. But a lot of the time, that's what it is. It's guys just like, oh, like they can't keep the fantasy in their minds. And unfortunately, it ends up turning into assault in a lot of situations. But, um, you know, men in powerful positions can end up being dangerous, even even if they're dweebs that, you know, the what's yeah. the name? What's what's the dude's name um, who's in prison now? The dude the toad looking dude. Nah, the dude the, who made all the movies, the dude who looks like a big toad um, <laughs> who made all the movies. I don't know why I, I, I didn't oh, sleep. Uh, so I Weinstein? Can't think of yeah, Weinstein. Uh, hit you know, like, it, yeah. yeah, like people like him, you know. Um, if they can't get a woman to desire them or the women they want to desire them, well, they'll take it anyway. And yeah. now, I get, now I got that over you. I, you know, so it's, it's, it's sick, but, uh, women got to be careful. And, and like you yeah. said, the older you get, the more like, like I, I'm going to be 32 in a few weeks. So like at this point in my life, you know, you just kind of realize, damn, man, like women really go through a lot of stuff out here at the hands mm-hmm. of men that, I just don't really need to worry about as a six foot six, 220 pound person. You yeah. feel me? Like, I, thank you for women. For women definitely that. go through a lot. Yeah. We have goals and dreams too. And when someone does this, it doesn't surprise me. Oh, why'd you wait so long, Paul? Shut up. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because she didn't want to get blackballed. He's already calling her nuts. And okay. it's just goofy to defend stuff like this so too. You know? Like it does. Right. Like what do you really? It, it's just like uh, I guess you're you're doing it for the guys, which yeah. is <laughs> you know. But and now you yeah you brought a bunch of other women out. Okay, and I apologize. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm sleepy because when you said quote looks like a toad, I should have it right away. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, Harvey and, Weinstein. Uh, yeah, right. right. But both of us are sleep deprived. We right. both some insomnia. Look like today. a toad. That's done <laughs> telegraphed it, right? <laughs> yep. That's Zelensky. What cojones, huh? Some people are saying cojones are the problem. Ugh, you guys are so toxic. I can't wait till you die so I can move to Berlin. Oh, why does every game suck? All those dice, buddy. Based on real events, Storm the Capital is a real game you can buy. We met June 46. Six, seven, eight. Taser, I'm the thin blue line. Not as thin as she used to be. Drum roll. 20 ballots! 20 ballots! Vaccine canceled, Pelosi! I got AOC's shoes. Hey, give me those! Uh-huh. 
Dory's a lizard person? I thought he was white. Storm the Capital, the board game. Available January 6th at truanon.com. I win! <laughs> I, I am going to give you the details, but just a few observations first. As this very large prehistoric-like stork has now dropped the game and with some of the glass. It looked like my pillow guy produced the commercial. That's yes. my first observation. Okay. This is what it, remember how he popped up in bathrooms and stuff, and you look mm-hmm. at why are you behind me in the bathroom? It's my bathroom, and I open the vanity. There you are. So I that was my first observation, but apparently this is uh, picking up a lot of steam. For Newsweek, the new satirical board game is being released this weekend to commemorate yes, commemorate three year anniversary of the January sixth insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Hmm. Storm the Capitol, True Anon edition. Limited edition game priced at $64.99. Conspiracy cost. It really does. It's designed for four to seven adult players to play out events based on January 6th. The game's product page cheekily states players will, quote, we live one of the funniest days in American history. Board game was created by True Anon, a political podcast hosted by Liz Franchak on the left there, Grace Belden in the center. And produced by Young Chomsky on the right. For clarity, the podcast focuses on left-wing analysis of political issues and events. Title is a parody referencing to the QAnon conspiracy theory. Product page elaborates, take control of one of the six patriots. As you battle through the Capitol, collecting ballots, taking hostages, and fighting the police, or play as the Capitol Police and use every means at your disposal to prevent the patriots from getting to the roof. Patriots with enough ballots to stop the steal. On Tuesday, the True Anon account wrote in jest on X, formerly Twitter, quote, January 6th was about having fun with your friends. And this January 6th, that amazing feeling is coming back. That's just. On the most recent episode of True Anon entitled Magalog, hosts Belden and Franchek talked up the game, discussed the failed coup. Belden called it the best day of watching things on TV, while Franchek described it as, quote, a slice of life. He also claimed it wasn't just for progressive youngsters. Yucksters. Deeming it a game for every single person in America on every single side of every single political issue. Up rocks. The reporting. They explain that you play as one of six Patriot characters going from room to room where you're dealt either an event card, ballots, the game's equivalent of points or nothing. Players also have item cards that can help them along the way like zip ties, tasers, and riot shields. Where's the bear spray? Some event challenges include, quote, your diet of fried food and supplements is making you hallucinate. In a vision, Pete Frog dances around you. He approaches holding a moonshine martini. The player has to roll a seven or higher to obtain a prize card, or if they fail, they must, quote, confess that they love having sex with their wife and lose a prize card. Genius. Other reads, quote, once again, you have been silenced. Big tech and their demon rat rallies. Rallies. Rallies, demon rat rallies, 
have conspired to ban your social media account. If the player has ever been banned from a social media site, they gain a health point. Meanwhile, one player takes the role of the Capitol Police. Their goal is to prevent any of the Patriots from getting 100 ballots before the 10th turn of the century, 10th turn of the game. Now I'm losing it here, Jackson. I, do I have to go through all of these rules? Okay, well, you, you love this, this thing. This, tell me. Yes, I love this. You know what I'm saying? Because when I, they put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this game. And it, it really sounds fun. I mean, li- listen to how this is written. It's time to relive January 6, 2021. Play as either a red-blooded American patriot or the Capitol Police as battle rages through the United States Capitol following a tumultuous rally by an embattled President Trump. Overturned desks. Fight each other and fight the police and steal artifacts as you attempt to collect enough votes to overturn the results of the election. Does that not sound like it? And look at Judy, look at Rudy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we saw Rudy's face on there, like Rudy's fun face. We got we got Mitch McConnell. You can take AOC's shoes. It's it, it's quite thoughtful. I want the game. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely <laughs> want the game. My 32nd birthday is January 31st. And if anybody would like to buy me a present. <laughs> Go ahead and send me this uh this board game. I have. No I was shame. thinking about but sixty five dollars for this, and oh, it's yeah. just a guided tour. It's based <laughs> on just a guided tour. That is that is a lot okay. of money for a board game, but it's <laughs> historical. It's historical. You're gonna want this in twenty years. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna want it. I don't know who's gonna play with you. Maybe Clarence Thomas and Jenny. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah, they uh, they probably would. Yeah, Jackson. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. Okay? It is. And maybe who knows, one of your fans will get you the game. Let me know because I don't want to waste my money. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I ain't gonna ask you, you to, to spend the 65, but maybe some maybe somebody will spend that 65 and get and get me uh get me this board game. But no, it's well, definitely good. good being on here with you. I gotta get me some rest, but uh, I probably too. won't be going to sleep till later on because I got stuff to do. Yeah, I bet you do, do you? Do uh, you paper yes. politics and the rest you said? It's not going to be all about politics all the time. You got other things to say. And yeah, we got a, we got other stuff, other stuff to to focus on and put our emotional energy in in life. Politics and paper on YouTube. Check me out. Appreciate you always. Get get some rest as much as you deem necessary. I want to thank you for watching and thank you, Dr. Richie, for letting us fill in today. I always enjoy myself and can't wait to have you back. But they're putting up with me for the time being. We hope you'll join us again.